This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Howdy, friends. We're jumping right in. We're having a great conversation with Rick Enstrom. You may know that name, Enstrom Candies. Uh, everywhere, definitely at the airport. Uh, great toffee. Make sure you go out and purchase those. Rick Enstrom was on the Colorado Wildlife Commission from 1999 to 2007, served as a, the chairman of the Colorado Wildlife Commission. We're talking a little bit now about what the appointments from Hickenlooper and Polis have done to this commission that have really driven it more into this kind of social justice, equity version of what the what the Colorado Wildlife Commission could be. And then a real focus in on kind of environmental justice. And now you have attorneys. And and so it's almost putting the, the this radical environmentalist view of wanting to protect animals at all costs and the environment at all costs. And we've seen what this has done federally because it turns the wildlife and especially the environment into kind of a museum that we're not going to touch and then you have all this wildfire problems as a result of it because we're not managing it the conservative viewpoint is we want to treat it like a garden right it needs to be managed we need to care make sure that it thrives but you don't just let it sit there uh, because it, that creates a whole lot of problems too joining us in the studios rick enstrom and we're talking about the makeup of the colorado wildlife commission so what is the problem with putting these kind of social justice oriented environmentalists on the commission what, what does that ultimately do well there's there's no problem with that i don't the, the problem the problem is they now have to have tutorials and education about what the division of wildlife does to kind of bring these people into the fold and understand the biology, the administration, the budgetary process, and all the things that make this tick, and also relate to the folks in the field that are doing the Lord's work every day. Hmm. And there's been sort of a disconnect. We've gone from one direction to the other in, in a sort of reparations, I guess. I don't, I don't understand. I don't make those decisions. The problem is nobody covers it. I'm, I'm the only guy that's talking about it right now. You don't read about it in the newspaper. The governor made two appointments last week uh, for the, the, the Butterfly Pavilion guy and, and the campaign specialist for the Wilderness Society. They put those folks on there. And there was not a press release. I read about it in the Grand Junction Daily Sentinel, and you can't find it on the Internet. There wasn't a press release issued about it that you can find. And they do all of this stuff under the table and nobody covers it anymore. Every sportsman in the state of Colorado and sports person should be forced to sit down and watch a wildlife commission meeting. And they're there online for everybody to see, mm. and you will get a flavor of what the direction of that agency is headed. And what is that flavor? What is the direction that they're heading? I don't even have any idea. <laughs> I really don't. I well, mean, there's a lot of business that just has to be transacted that's very serious biological business. Yeah. And and we're going off in other tangents that don't have anything to do with wildlife. I've often said that one of the most important things you can do as a citizen of this state is spend five minutes, five minutes, either at a city council meeting or a state legislative committee meeting. And you will learn in five minutes that you have you, that you have people that you would have never hired for any other aspect of your life. You wouldn't hire them to babysit your kids or mow your lawn, writing laws that affect every aspect of your life. And it's, it's just, it's like, it's mind numbing. 
Uh, you know, uh, uh, what was his name? He wrote God and Man at Yale. William F. Buckley often said, I trust the first hundred people in a phone book to write our laws in Boston rather than the, the entire faculty at Harvard University. Uh, because you, you get these kind of bizarre specialists, in this case, environmental specialists and kind of uh, intersectionality, social justice driven agenda that has nothing to do with the people that have boots on the ground. So you're ignoring the actual management of the wildlife. You're driving a special agenda that often comes from places like Boulder and Denver. We see this with wolves, which we'll get into in just a second. And they're just out of reality. Right. So we're dealing with this with wildfires uh, in the state of California. We've talked a lot about this in the state of California. The wildfires in 2020 put enough CO2 in the environment to equal 24 million cars driving 365 days. 24 million cars. So, you know, this idea that you're going to buy a Tesla and then you're going to solve the environmental problems. Meanwhile, we're not taking care of the environment because we've let these San Francisco-based lefties manage our our wildlife systems just isn't true. Well, if they actually hunted or fished any of them, I guess I wouldn't care. But they, they seriously have to... I've seen the tutorials that they put out for these commission members, then they took them down because they realized public was actually understanding they didn't really have any any foundation to actually be running the largest state agency in the state of Colorado. I, it's mind-boggling. They, they've done the same thing to the Ag Board. They've done the same thing to the Vet Board. They put a veterinarian. They put a woman on the Vet Board that that kept a bunch of parakeets in her basement <laughs> that that uh, Jeffco Animal Control had to go arrest her and take the birds away. I mean, there is we have completely lost touch with reality in these state agencies. And it's quiet. Nobody talks about it. You don't see it. Nobody covers it. In in the media, because it's kind of a it's kind of a, a an area that people just don't explore, and, and it's all available online. All these commission meetings, you can get online and watch any of these meetings. So, Colorado Parks and Wildlife draws a lot of revenue from hunters and fishers. Oh boy, right? I mean, I mean, we've even seen some of the ads a little bit that that it's a tremendous amount of revenue. But if you have people managing these systems that don't hunt and don't fish. Do you think they're going to be making decisions that eventually are pushing these fishermen away, uh, sportsmen away? They're they're not going to have a great enough experience. I read your op-ed on wolves because if we decimate the elk herds, we're not going to have people coming to Colorado to hunt elk. No, and that's the big ticket money. You know, mm-hmm. people are paying, you know, they're coming up here and dropping three large just to have a recreational hunt, ten large to go on a big guided uh, state state uh, uh, ranching for wildlife property. I mean, 10 plus, some guys get $25,000 for a hunt. It's big, big, big business. And these small communities depend on this. We sit in Denver and don't have any, any understanding what this means to our friends in Meeker and Craig and Colburn and, and all of these West Slope communities. Mm. Wow. And we're going to lose that. The state will lose that revenue. You mentioned in your op-ed that, and we're talking with Rick Enstrom, who served with the Colorado Wildlife Commission. You talked about it in your op-ed that uh, the Colorado Wildlife Commission is supposed to be self-funded. 
But now they're pulling more and more money in from the state. We went from one attorney to now dozens and dozens of attorneys, it sounds like, or at least 11 attorneys in your op-ed. Well, why does the Colorado Parks and Wildlife need attorneys? Well, so that we can be defended from lawsuits like the uh, like the lawyer from the Wildlife Earth Guardians who now serves on the Wildlife Commission used to file against the state of Colorado for really? activities that we were doing on a day-to-day basis. I was talking to our old, I had one lawyer there that we worked with, one and a half lawyers. Now they got 11. Used to have three or four people on the leadership team at Wildlife. Now they've got 12, and every one of those has an executive assistant. And every one of those people's making $100,000 plus. It's just, it's, it's breathtaking. And, and there's no daylighting of it. Nobody understands, nobody sees, nobody cares. They just want to, people work. All week long, they live to get to Friday, so they can go fishing on Saturday and Sunday. And they come back to work on Monday, rinse and repeat, and that's all they care about. That's yeah. all they have time to do. They just want to go fishing. And we're not talking about denigrating or or destroying these Colorado parks or anything. A lot, a lot of the environmentalists will say, "Well, you're going to turn them over to the." Uh, the energy industry and we're going to have fracking rigs and all these uh, parks. That's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about bad management that's going to harm, that's going to put these kind of radical environmentalist policies ahead of the sports. That's it. And and a part of objective one, which is taking care of the wildlife of the state of Colorado. That's what we were created to do. Yeah. And and how how is this commission, we've got about two minutes here, how, how is this commission not putting the wildlife first? They're focusing on issues that have nothing to do with the with the resource, and we're a re- resource oriented uh, agency, mm. and so we've gone off on all these other tangents, and I I don't know how more how much more equitable we can possibly be, mm. and we do education, we do, we spend money on stuff, and and nobody sees it. it is a huge budget, and nobody drills into it. There's no interest. They just. Uh, the sporting community just likes to go on about their business and try and enjoy their holiday. Mm. Well, one of the issues that we've talked about, we did the documentary uh, on wolves, and we're talking with Rick Enstrom of the Colorado, served on the board of the Colorado Wildlife Commission from 1999 to 2007, is wolves. Now, wolves came, are in Colorado naturally, but we're also paying to put more wolves in, well, they from were what I understand, ex- right? They were exp- extirpated, which means killed off in the in the 1940s yeah so now uh in reparations for that we've we've uh, uh the citizens saw in their wisdom to stock just a regular old gray wolf not the one we used to have because we don't have that one anymore they're just going to go get some wolves from god knows minnesota or alaska or i don't know where they're going to get them and then they're going to release them across the countryside on the west slope with all these cattle and there are some horror stories and i sent you one of them yep. to look at i think his name's gilstead up in up by hayden and he has to listen to the those cattle lowing at night because they know the wolves are coming in and they're killing his cattle and and you can haze them for a little bit and then they figure out you're not going to kill them and they just keep doing it what does hazing mean? Well, firing a rock, uh, a hand cannon at them or something like that. Gotcha. Paintball guns or whistlers or cracker shells. We're talking with Rick Enstrom, who served on the Colorado Wildlife Commission from 1999 to 2007. We're going to talk wolves and why this is actually a really important issue 
for the ag leaders in the state of Colorado because it does affect a lot. We did a whole documentary on this. When we come back, you're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour hosted by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University.